The very first question, you've got three chances to get this right. Who cleans the toilets in our church? Pastor Alan. Pastor, yeah, Pastor Alan. Alan, we're yeah. confident. Yeah. Pastor Alan. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Clean him with his marigolds on. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm not going to reveal the answers at the moment, but um, I can say that you've got one of the answers correct. He does not turn, the, he does not clean the toilets, but a member of our audience, oh, sorry, congregation, did say that's the answer. Apparently he only works one day a week, so he might as well do something else as well. <laughs> okay, do we have another answer? Who cleans the toilets in our church? You. Definitely not me. I will not put marigolds on, no matter what color they are. So I'm sorry, that is the wrong answer. Do we have any? Oh, hello. Special effects. All right, for those who don't know, the answer is eh, eh. Ready? Sorry, I don't do it. One more chance, and do, do get ready for this. You might be able to steal this one. You can steal this one. One more. You know the answer. It's Alistair. Alistair. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We've got that one wrong as well. So we've got a steal that's coming up here. You could get the top prize. In fact, I think they've, they've actually given us the answer already. Who is it then? Well, if Pastor Alan got one, then Pastor Claire must have got the other. Ladies and gents. Oh, I'm sorry. We've got the wrong. Okay, so let's reveal the answers. In the fourth place, we've got... They don't need cleaning. No, I'm afraid whoever answered that one, that was not correct. Okay, and the next one. Pastor Alan and Claire, because they only work one day a week. Which is not true. The toilet fairy. Of course, the toilet fairy comes and miraculously sorts this one out. And finally, I don't know. The top answer was, I don't know. Okay, let's go on to the next question, please. <coughs> Remember, you've got three chances to get this right, and do get ready in case you can steal it. <laughs> okay, who puts chewing... No, actually, that's not a right... But if you do know who puts chewing gum under the chairs, come and see me, and I'll get them sorted out later. <laughs> and believe me, someone does put chewing gum under the chairs. Okay, let's go to the next one. Who cuts the grass outside of Studio 4? Yeah, not to be repetitive, but we think Pastor Alan cuts the grass. <laughs> well, that is one of that's not the correct answer, but someone did think that Pastor Alan cuts the grass. You're a very busy man. You know, one day a week, then you come and volunteer for five. Amazing. Right, that was the correct, someone did say it, but it's not the correct answer. And another one then. Well, we parked this morning, and we noticed out there that we did not park on grass. So we don't believe that there is grass. There's we no grass. Nobody. Nobody trick does it. There's question. no trick question. I'm sorry, that is not the correct answer. Okay, now get ready. You might be able to steal this one. So one more, please. Hi, Ring. I cut the grass. Hey. But I just don't know it yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, sorry, that's not... Right, you got one chance to steal this one. Well, who do you think? We're, we're pretty confident about this one. Go on, then. We, we're pretty confident. 
We've seen lots of rabbits out there. They, we think they keep it under control. It's the rabbits! <laughs> Excellent. Okay, let's just reveal the answers then. This is, remember, we asked people within the congregation for this one. And the answer in number four was... Pastor Allen, of course. This man is so busy. And in the third place... The rabbits! Okay, and in second place... We've got special grass that doesn't need cutting. And the top answer was, I don't know. I think we've got a reoccurring theme coming through here somehow. Okay, we've got one more, just as a tiebreaker. We'll go for one more. Okay, the question is, what happens to the offering after the service? Difficult one this is, okay. What do you think is the top answer that was given? Under Pastor Allen's mattress. <laughs> a very close one. A very close one, but not quite right, so we'll have a ding for that one. Okay, one more. You could pass on this one, but they could yeah, win. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll pass. You'll pass no, on this one. Yeah. Well, Peter, Peter is our financial expert, so I'm sure he knows the correct answer to this one. Now, you could steal this. You've got one chance to get this one. What do you think? Well, my honest answer is I don't rightly know. Oh, the top. I, I, I think this may be the top answer. Okay, let's have a reveal and see. In, in number four, we have what offering? Okay, who said that? And in third place. We give it to Pastor on his pocket money. Well, that is not the answer. And then second place, we put it in a bucket, then take it to the bank. All right, that's a good technical one. And the top answer was, I don't know. Hallelujah. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you so much. I'm um, one of those that are really into technology, so... I brought my pad with me today. <laughs> and for those that come from my generation, which was before the iPad and computer, this is paper. <laughs> okay? You probably haven't seen it, some of you out there, but this is what we had before the iPad came along. Paper. Now, I never ever trust uh, a preacher that takes his watch off and puts it down I know for a fact they're never, ever going to look at it. So I'm, I've, got, I've got limited time, so I've got some help so I don't overrun. So um, I've got a five-minute warning and a ten-minute warning. Uh, but did anyone go to art college? No? Anyone feeling art? Oh, we've got an art college over there. Okay. Okay. Well, if you'd like to fill out... Karen, could you do this for me? Yeah. Make that look nice and pretty. I will have a five-minute warning and a ten-minute warning so I know when to finish on time. Hallelujah. As, all, as in all preachers, we've got an open-ended agreement here. Now, my job is to inspire. Your job is to stay awake. When I was in Africa, we used to have um, some special stewards that would go up and down the aisles, and they had a prodding stick. <laughs> So if anyone went to sleep, there was a quick prod, and they were certainly awake again very quickly. Now, I haven't brought a prodding stick, but I can see every one of you. 
Now, we're going through the generous series. And my God is a genuinely generous God. Overwhelmingly generous. And I love what Pastor Claire was saying just now. God lavishes. I love the word lavish. You know, that, that is a lot to have in your hands when God is lavishing things on you. You know, God was so generous that when he made the stars in the sky, he could have put just a few dozen up there for us to look at, and we would have gone, wow. It would have been amazing. But God just lavished the sky with the stars. You know, it was so overwhelming what he gave. We look up at the the stars. I know it's difficult sometimes in this country because there's the clouds and the, the street lighting. But when you look up, you can see how much God lavished on us. That's generosity beyond generosity. Before I go any further, I just want to ask you two questions. Now, this, is, this won't be appearing in Family Fortunes later. First of all, who believes that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Just put up your hand and go, woohoo. Okay. Who wants to be more like Jesus? Put your hand up and go, woohoo. Woo-hoo. Oh, this is going to be the easiest preacher I've ever done. You see, in the Bible, we have people that served. And I'm, I'm here to talk really about giving. Not giving money, but giving your skills, your abilities in service of our God. Remember, God lavishes on us. So what should we do for God? Lavish on him. Amen? Is that right? Come on, a bit of heckling. I'm getting lonely up here, so come on, that one, some answers coming back. You know, God, God lavished on us, so we should be lavishing on him. Now, I'm not a great mathematician. In fact, I did actually have a calculator, and it was one of those things you press the button, and up comes the answer. If you give to God your 10% in the offering, which goes in the bucket and then goes down to the bank, it really does not sit under Pastor Allen's mattress. If you give 10% of your money to God... You're doing what the Bible says. Amen. How about giving 10% of your time to God? Okay, all those who are feeling uncomfortable, you can shuffle at this point. Now, I say I'm no great mathematician. But in a week, we have, I've got it written down here, so I'll get it right, 168 hours. Excellent. 168 hours. So you're going to give 10% of your time to God, yes? Go on, shuffle again, because this is going to get very uncomfortable. So that is, according to my calculation, 16 hours, well, almost 17 hours, 16.8. Now, what's 0.8 of an hour? I'm not quite sure about that one, but it's 16.8 hours. Who gives to God generously? Shuffle, come on. 
Feel uncomfortable, shuffle. Okay, let's make it easy for you. We'll have an eight-hour working day. Over the seven days, we're going to work every day. That gives us 56 hours. So who gives 5.6 hours to God every week? Amen. Oh, Pastor Alan does. He does it all in one day, though. <laughs> we need to give to God our time. And that's over and above reading the Bible, praying. It's serving God. And all the way through the Bible, we've got various people that God used to help. Right back at the very word go, Adam was created and God says, you need a helper. You can't do it all by yourself. You need someone there to encourage. You need someone there to hold your hand when you're going through the difficult times. So in Genesis 2, verse 18, God says, I will make him a helper. So the ministry of help started right in the word go. Come on. Look, if I get any more lonely, I'm going to pull people up here, so you must answer. Okay? The ministry of helps started with Adam right at the very beginning. God understood that one person cannot do it all by themselves. God knew that two people can do more than one. That is amazing mathematics. I think I might be going for a degree in um, mathematical sciences or something like that today. God knew that one by themselves can't do it. Help is needed. Moses, that great man of God, couldn't do it all by himself. You know, Aaron was sent to help him out. And then he was looking after this massive group of grumbling, selfish, unhappy group of people in the desert. I think really and truly that uh, Moses might have been the first pastor. Have you have some grumblings? Don't like the way you do it. I can do it better than you. The God, through his father-in-law, said, you need to have some people to help you. So the various elders and, and the leaders were put into place to help Moses. He couldn't do it by himself. Now, I, I, I really do believe that every time that Pastor Alan and Pastor Claire come up here, I know Pastor Claire is good at the Wonder Woman. <laughs> Quite right. Quite right. They ought to be wearing Superman costumes because they're expected to do everything on one day. No. They're expected to, you know, Superman, the pastor, is meant to know all the answers. Now, I know 
Confession is good for the soul, but it's bad for your reputation. Pastor Alan, do you know everything? I don't know, right? Can you do everything? No. Moses had helpers to help out. And they didn't do it begrudgingly. They didn't do it for the salary. They did it to glorify God. Amen? And then we look at the biggest and the best servant of all. Who's that? Jesus. He was a servant. Everything he did was for the good of someone else. He became the person that washed the dirty, smelly feet of his disciples. Now, that's got to be a pretty low job. Remember, they're hot and sticky and wearing sandals. And I've, if I've been wearing sandals for a week or so, they do get a bit smelly. But Jesus lowered himself down to prove to the disciples that they had to serve. The lowest of the jobs. Yet he was willing to do it. He didn't do it begrudgingly. He'd do it through love. Now, I'll ask the question again. Who wants to be like Jesus? Okay, we'll have the smelly feet later. (laughs) Jesus was a servant. He served willingly and lovingly. And not only that, he lavished his servant being on everyone around him. Nothing was too hard for him. And the disciples learned that lesson. Because later in Acts, in Acts um, 6, 1 to 4, got a 10-minute warning. Thank you very much indeed. How do you, you sure it's 10 minutes? <sighs> Thank you very much. Gosh, doesn't time fly when you're enjoying yourself? 9.45, here we go. The disciples, they were doing everything for the people. Now, they were serving on table. Hold on, these are the disciples of Jesus. These are the ones that are building the church. But they were serving on tables. They were looking after the needy. They were going to visit the sick. They were doing this, and they were doing that, and they were getting exhausted. And they realized that they needed help. Now, that word helps coming through quite a lot. They couldn't do it by themselves. So they put in place, in in Acts um, 6, 1 to 4, it says, and, and now, at that time, the disciples were incre- uh, the disciples were increasing in number, and a complaint, oh, no, no, they're complaining again. Isn't church good at complaining? Hallelujah. Arose among the Hellenistic Jews amongst the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the 12 summoned the congregation and the disciples said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God. Great statement. 
do not neglect the word of God. You know, so we need people to study and study and bring the word of God. But they were realizing that not only were they getting in the word of God, they were helping the widows, serving at the tables, looking after the people, but they realized that it was not right. They needed more time in the word of God. So it's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve on the tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, who may be put in charge of these tasks. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They needed help. They needed someone to come alongside them. And if you look at the people that they chose, they weren't just those that were good at being a waiter. They weren't those that were good at sweeping the floors. They were in the word of God themselves. And through that, they willingly gave themselves. They willingly gave their lives. Stephen was one of those that were cho was chosen. Martyred for serving on the table, martyred, killed in a terrible fashion, mighty man of God. But he was chosen to help. Philip, he was chosen. Now, Philip was the first um, one that used the Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty, and taking me to another place. But he was there as a servant to serve, to help, to encourage. Some while ago, we, um, Pastor Matt was talking about honking. You remember that? To help and encourage. You know, you go behind, you know, they're talking about the geese, that they're, they're honking all the time to encourage the, the one out front to keep going and go in the right direction. We need a church of honkers. Honking behind Pastor Claire and Pastor Alan, encouraging them, bringing them up to even greater things, releasing them from the day-to-day -day mundane things so they can devote even more time. Perhaps we can get them doing two days a week. Giving them more time. Oh, by the way, they actually work eight days a week. Not just one day a week. Some years ago, we had the government that said we had to do a three-day week. A very big, big shock to most pastors having to work that, that long. But our pastors, they work, if possible, eight days a week. But we need people behind them, honking them, moving them on to even greater things. God has given each and every one of us a talent or talents. Oh, there's my iPad going. Or more than one talent. And we need to use those things for God as well. Serving each other, serving the pastors, serving the members of the congregation. You might think to yourself, well, my, my, my ability is not too great. If you've got it, use it. Yeah. 
and use it for God's glory. Okay, some of you might say, well, I'm an accountant. I'm dealing with money all week. I don't want to help out on a Sunday because it's more of what I'm doing during the week. Forget it. Learn how to be in the hospitality. If you're worried about using your job, your skills, learn something new in church. This is a church of opportunities. We can teach you how to make the coffee. (laughs) And from my point of view, Linda, we like coffee, don't we? (laughs) We like coffee. Gosh, I've got water. What, what is that? <laughs> water. You know, you've, you've got skills. Use the skills. Bless other people. If you want to learn a new skill? We've got plenty of people here that would teach you new things, new ways. We're a church of opportunities. Let's take these opportunities and do it for the glory of God. Our mission statement, sorry, our vision statement is together, love works. Hallelujah. Together, no matter what our age, our background, or where we are in the world, we are family. That's awesome. And family looks after each other, yes? Family takes pride in each other. We need to get a pride for this church, for this building, for the people that's in this church. Together. Together. We're in it all together. Don't leave it up to someone else to pick up the cup that's been left underneath the chair. If it's there, you pick it up. Don't leave it up to someone else. Make sure the chairs are in a nice row. If you've moved it, put it back. We're here together. You've gone quiet again. Shuffle, shuffle. Together, we're in this together. Love. We live our lives with honor and integrity because we see that everyone is unique, significant and highly valued. That's love. If you love someone in your family, you are willing to go not just the extra mile, but an extra bit on top. Is that true? I actually come from a very, very, very dysfunctional family. You know, and I, I, sometimes I find it very difficult. You know, because I've, I've got a sister that hasn't spoken to me for the last 25 years. Or thereabouts. But I'll guarantee that if there's any problems in that life, I'll be there. And, you know, that's what love is about. And love in a Christian church setting means that I'm going to go the extra mile for you. Okay, it's about time you did something, all right? Just look, look at the person next to you and says, I'm going to go more than the extra mile for you. Okay, now say it like you mean it. (laughs) 
All right. It's all right, very well for the preacher to say, say it, but now say it with a bit of heart behind it. I'm going to go more than the extra mile for you. See, that's what family's about. It's going that extra. It's picking up the cup, making sure the place looks good. This is your house. This is God's house, but this is your house. Now, I've not been to all your houses yet. Okay, we've got the diary, so if you want to invite us for lunch, you know you can. Um, I've not been to all of your houses yet, but I'm sure that we've got quite a few very house-proud people here. You look after your house. You don't allow it to look untidy. You don't allow your visitors to come and then expect them to go and make their own coffee. Well, some of you do. I know that. But you go that extra mile to tidy up. You go that extra mile to make them feel at home. This is your house. And I want to challenge each and every one of you here today. Own this house. Yeah. Own this house. This is your house. That means that you're actually responsible for the way it looks. You're responsible for the visitors that come. You're responsible to make sure everything runs well. Own the house. I was um, a little bit unsure about uh, preaching this word today. And then I realized why Pastor Alan Clare asked me to do it. See, my philosophy is, if it needs doing, I'll do it. I'm not going to wait for someone else to do it. If there's a gap, I will fill it. And I'm sure you've, you've seen me sort of bumbling around every Sunday or every time I'm here. This is my house. I'm going to make sure it runs well. Yeah. You know, if there's not enough people doing hospitality, I'll go and help them. Yeah. If there's not enough on the... No, I won't do the worship team. <laughs> You're lucky there, Mark. I won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, um, one, of, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses in the Bible is, is you know, what God gave me when I was first challenged to go on the mission field. It comes from Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And this is always my answer. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. God used me in the mission field because I was willing to say, here I am. Send me. And I, I love look, looking at things very visually. I can just sort of see Isaiah. Ooh, 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 me, 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 me. Here I am. Send me. And that's why, you know, and I'm not blowing my own trumpet because I used to have a trombone. There wasn't a trumpet, it was a trombone. I used to play the trombone, Mark. <laughs> I'm not saying this, you know, just because I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to serve God no matter how or where or what he wants me to do. 
And I'd like a few people in here just to say, here I am. Use me. Here I am. I'll be the one that stands in the breach. If there's a need, I will fill it. If there's not enough people doing the hospitality, I'll do it. If there's not enough people um, as stewards, I'll do it. And there are so many, so many different ways that we can serve and glorify God. It's not an extra job. It's glorifying God. It's not being a doormat so people can walk all over you. It's serving God. If you're serving other people, you're serving God. You're not doing it for your own glory. You're not doing it for the leadership's glory. We are serving God. And once again, this is my philosophy. If it's for God, I'm going to do the best. When I serve the tea and coffee, I want to be the best tea and coffee server ever. And I'm always jovial with it as well. Horrible tea, that's right. I won't serve you any horrible tea or those minty teas or anything like that. It's property or nothing. But I want to be the best coffee server or tea server ever. And I always try to do it quite jovially as well. I never take anything serious anyway. (laughs) But I want to do my best for God. And we need to start thinking, what can I do that I can serve God? We glorify God in our attitude to people, the way we look at people, the way we help people, the way we cut the grass. And by the way, the grass does need cutting. The rabbits are doing really good jobs, but it does need cutting. Someone has to do the gardening around here. Why not you? Oh, but I'm a market gardener. I'm doing it all the time. Fine. Serve the coffee. Someone has to clean the toilets. And hands up. Once again, I've asked this question already, but who does clean the toilets? Does anyone know? Hallelujah. Bertha. Wow. What a lady. Someone has to do it. Who counts the money after the, after the service? Someone has to do it. The counting team. You can definitely count on that one. We have got the opportunity for you to bless God. No. Ten minute warning. Can I have another ten minute warning? (laughs) Two minutes. Oh, I've got two minutes. Oh, sorry, you got it upside down. (laughs) (laughs) We have got the opportunity to be excellent in God's service. You have got the opportunity to be excellent. In God's service. Hopefully, you would have had one of these given out to you today. Okay? 
It is an amazing piece of paper. So well thought out that it's got every single way that you could possibly serve in this church. What I'd like you to do over just a moment or two, just think to yourself, God, how can I serve you? There's a couple of very, 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 very practical ways you can do it. Tick a box this morning, right now. Don't think about it. Tick a box. No, you don't need to think about it because you're going to serve. You're going to bless other people. Look down the list. And I'd like you to do it sooner rather than later. So if the stewards could uh, possibly rustle around. If there's anyone needs a pen, we've got pens. Very snazzy blue WHBC pens. Look down there and think, I could really help the media team. Hooray, media team. Whoa. I could be on the welcoming team. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> I could be on the welcoming team. I can be in the car park team. Honestly, guys, the ones who do the car park are amazing. Oh, darling, I haven't got the sachet. I can be on the worship team. Or I can help out at Sash. Sash is, it says it on here for all those who can read, Sanctuary Asylum Seekers Help. My word, what a way of blessing that is. Now, if you tick the boxes, you do need to put your names at the top because I'm not into psychic reading. Tick the box, put your name on there, and you are not signing your life away. <coughs> Unfortunately, you're not signing your kids away. You're not signing up that you'll be on the welcome team for the rest of your living life. It's just saying, I'm willing to do it. And as Isaiah was saying, here I am. Here I am, send me. So, send me to the sash. Send me to the welcome team. Send me to cat befrienders, definitely. Whatever is needed, make me like you. Make me more like Jesus, a servant, willing to do whatever was needed. We also need people on the hospitality team. Bless Linda and her team for what she's doing. Every week we have amazing coffee. Yeah. Every week we have tea. Amazing tea. Sorry, amazing. I've got, to be, I've got to be into tea. Right, we get amazing tea. And red rubbish tea, yes. Red, sorry, red, 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 red. I don't, we, but we do have rubbish, red, red bush available. We need people on the hospitality team. You see the same faces there, week in, week out. Let's have some new faces. And as it says there, your church needs you. But the most important thing, and this is not just a recruitment drive, it's not even a recruitment drive. It's a way that we can bless one another. 
It's a way that we can serve God. It's a way that we can make this church the most awesome church. Not just in Manchester. Oh, I'm going to big this one up. Not just the best church in Manchester. Not just the best church. We're in Greater Manchester. We're Greater Manchester. So good it was named twice. Manchester, Manchester. <coughs> Not quite what... Um, who sang that one? New York, New York. Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Okay, he should have sang Manchester, Manchester. So good they named it twice. All right, I won't go on the worship team, Mark. You know, we're going to make this the most awesome, not in, in Manchester, not in Lancashire, but in the whole world. We, we, we aspire to be the most loving church. Part of that loving, we're going to be the most serving church. Glorifying God in all that we do. Amen. All right, a bit more. I'm not going to go until we have a proper one. Come on. Actually, let's stand, shall we? And Dave, Dave and Karen, come up here. You know, these guys, they serve no matter what is going on in their lives and what's happening. And I think it would be really good for us just to honour them. So we're going to clap again, but we're going to honour you because you, <laughs> you are amazing. Thank you, guys.